You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, big, big game time, one versus two time, one versus three time, the other one versus the other three time. Is this confusing anyone yet time? Let's just, let's just go with it's a big old damn game time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from now as I'm recording this at, uh, at Fort Rucker Studio. By the time you hear this one, I should be uh, down with my colleagues in Athens, Georgia, going down uh, to lovely Athens, one of my favorite uh, college towns in America. And I know people are saying, why are you talking nice things? About what? I just like the place, okay? It's a nice town. It's a nice stadium, and uh, it's going to be a fun time uh, this weekend with Tennessee hosting Georgia, the number one ranked Vols versus the number three dogs. Conversely, the number one dogs versus the number two or number three Vols. Whichever way you want to describe it, it is a big game. And to preview it, as we normally do for our game preview podcast, we're going to go and find someone who covers the opponent. And that someone, thankfully for us this time, is Jordan Hill, our, our good friend who, who now I can say good friend because he's with our company now. Before I was like, I don't, I don't care who this guy is. You, you don't really matter. But now, now you're, you're, you're with us. You're, you're covering Georgia. Welcome, welcome, man. How you doing? Hey, Wes, doing great. You know, I was at Auburn before, so it was pronounced Jordan Hill. So I had to change it. You know, once I left Lee County, that's that's a good point. That's it's it's tough. The uh, every time I hear someone say Jordan Hare Stadium, I like it kind of like it. It's like a cheese grater on the side of the brain. It's it's it doesn't doesn't go over well. But uh, now uh, you don't have to be Jordan B Hill anymore. You can uh, you you can just be good old Jordan Hill. And and Jordan, th- this game is. It, I'm just going to be honest with everybody. It, it, it is not the game that I expected it to be, or I think anyone expected it to be when the schedules first came out. I, I was intrigued that the game was moved back, which if you're a Georgia fan, I, I don't know how, how people in, in Athens feel about it. In Knoxville, it was good because Tennessee's schedule has always been so like you, you kind of start and then there's just a meat grinder in the middle and then you just kind of, process on nicely down toward the stretch and you don't play much anybody and now things got moved around and this game is in november which i think is neat and uh but but i still thought well this is not going to be a very good game i I chalked it up as an l before the season I, I, i just did um but now it's here and georgia is a favorite georgia is an eight point favorite there's no question about it georgia has the better roster uh i don't think there's any question about that but uh, Tennessee's advantages, maybe at quarterback and receiver, and and here you go. It, it, it's a game. I mean, this is this can't be what you were expecting. This this at least the build up for this game would be not at all. I mean, and and I kind of written about this, and, and you'll have your better Noah foe later in the week. Um, but you know, it's a game that I look back, and I was pleasantly surprised when I, I always go through all the games before the season starts and try to predict what I think the final score spread will be. 
And I was pleasantly surprised. I said Georgia only by 16 because I, I kind of like Tennessee coming into the year. And to see that, I was like, all right, I can take that. You know, with the line, I think the last time I looked was like eight points. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think this worked out, you know, uh, with the schedule being different as far as when they play Tennessee. It's sort of funny this year, you know, the, the pushback had always come from Auburn. Auburn always kind of complained. We played Georgia, and then we play Alabama the next week. So the SEC changed that. And then as a result, this season, really specifically, you know, it kind of helped Georgia's schedule be super backloaded because they started the year as far as SEC games, South Carolina, you know, playing Missouri, playing Auburn that's down, playing Vanderbilt. And now they're in a run, you know, since the bye week, they played Florida already, then it'll be Tennessee, um, then it'll be Mississippi State, Kentucky. They're finishing by far their toughest SEC games. Um, so it makes for a very intriguing part of the year, particularly with the fact, just like any of the other teams, Georgia's a little bit banged up. So they're going to be relying on guys and, and some guys that have not been in very significant situations before. And, um, you know, I think it only adds to what I think is going to be a very exciting game on Saturday. Which is interesting because, you know, Tennessee's already had its its, its open date and, and Tennessee has sort of strategically held some guys out the past couple of weeks including in the Kentucky game, uh, did not play its top three corners <laughs> against Kentucky and still had three picks and, and held them to six points. And uh, But Tennessee, and Heupel has, has made a point to say this all week long, is the healthiest it's been in a long time. And you compare that with what's going on with Georgia right now, and, and they're, they're beat up. But I, I liked with Georgia's schedule from their point of view that it was sort of backloaded because I, I don't care who you are, even, you know, Lord Saban over the years has had trouble sometimes when you win a title, when you win a natty, you have to get guys back on the horse. You have to motivate guys, and they just get a little bit they, – they start to feel themselves a little bit. The focus isn't, isn't the same always. Usually when, you, when, when you've won a natty, that means you've had a lot of guys go to the draft and you had to replace a lot of guys. I don't care who you are. I don't care what level you've been recruiting at. It, it can be an adjustment period to living as the champion. And for Georgia, it hadn't been the champion in a long time. Uh, you know, the Natty champion hadn't, hadn't happened in a long time. What have you been your thoughts? And we'll get to the injuries and all that stuff later, but just the, the performance for Georgia to this point in the season, you know, throughout it compared to what you would have expected, because I'm looking at it from the outside and saying, how did that happen against Missouri? How did that happen against Kent State? But they're winning, so at the end of the day, you can't complain too much. But overall, maybe it's been a little more uneven than anyone would have wanted. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Coming into this year, we knew they still had talent. We knew what they lost. I think they had 15 guys drafted um, and set, you know, essentially a modern era NFL draft record from one team. Um, but what I expected coming into the year, year was going to be a situation where um, you would see growing pains. I thought that, that really, particularly on the defense, that, oh, you know, like uh, coming in the year, I figured Oregon would hang around. I still thought Georgia would win that game. But, you know, <laughs> they would probably make their share of plays. And uh, that as the year went on, you know, the, the Georgia defense would get better and better. They come out week one and only give up three points. Yeah. And you think, oh, my God. I mean, in the, near the end of the first quarter, you got a true freshman, Malachi Starks making one of the best interceptions I've seen in quite a long time. Yeah. And again, that's his very first yeah. college game. Um, but they've kind of been up and down. I mean, um, as a whole, Georgia has kind of had their moments. And, you know, mentioned the Missouri game the week before that, the Kent State game where they were never in a situation where watching that game you thought Kent State is going to beat Georgia. But 
it was just a game where you kept looking and you kept going. Georgia was like a 45-point favorite in this game, and, and very clearly, very early on, you knew they weren't going to cover that. Uh, Missouri was just an all-out all pretty much disaster, and, and credit for Stetson Bennett and those guys for rallying in the fourth quarter. I mean, because when Harrison Mevis hit like a 55, 56-yard field goal, I'm sitting up there in the press box going, they're going to lose this game. They are not going to win this game the way this offense is played. And credit for them to make him plays when they did. I really feel like in these last few games, since the first half of the Auburn game, they've started to look more like they did in the first few games against Oregon and really against South Carolina specifically, two of those first three games. Um, I think part of it is uh, with Stetson Bennett. He had been dealing with a shoulder injury. You saw him when they were playing Vanderbilt. He kept really working his arm. You could tell he was trying to get it loose. He was having issues with it. Um, had the bye week. He talked to us before the Florida game and said, feeling a whole lot better. Um, I think, you know, he didn't have his best game against Florida, but I didn't think it was injury related. I thought it was more of a situation where he, he just kind of forced the ball a couple times and Florida took advantage. And then now on defense, I think some of those guys are settled in. Jamon Dumas Johnson, an inside linebacker, has had an excellent season. He's finally got the other starting inside linebacker, Smile Munden, back. He actually got hurt in that Missouri game. Um, having him back, Florida game, uh, they got Jalen Carter back. I think he's the best player on either side of the ball for Georgia. Could be a guy that winds up being a top five pick in April, um, and he played like it. He was not credited with as many quarterback hurries as he had Saturday. I don't know who was taking that stat. I would very strongly recommend um, anyone who has questions about how Jalen played. He only played 20 snaps, and he got after Anthony Richardson and made his presence felt. So I think they're back on track after what I think was um, significantly um, some issues and, and kind of getting off the rails after a good start. Um, not exactly what I expected. I figured it would be more of a slow start of the season and kind of a slow burn to where you thought, okay, this could, this team could contend. It's more of a, a season where they started strong, kind of had a lull, and you know, based on what we saw against Florida – uh, seems to be back on the right track toward what they want to accomplish. Yeah, uh, Jalen is, is is probably I, I don't I, I'm not gonna say probably he's the best NFL prospect that will be on the field Saturday for either team. The the pass rush that he provides from the interior of the defensive line is is a, is freak show stuff. You just don't see that stuff very often from that position. I mean, what you know he he he's he the only player in the league that I've heard some people even question that might be better than Will Anderson is is him. He, he's the only one that I've heard anyone even offer any pushback because everyone just assumes that Will Anderson's the best player in the league. Candidly, I think he's the best player in the league. He's one of the best edge players I think I've seen in this league. Um, but, you know, Jalen's right there. And, and a lot of people think it's not – at least a few people think he's actually a better player than him. So, so that's hard to say because you're talking about different positions. But still, the impact he has on the game uh, is very, very real. And we know that – I don't know how many plays he'll be able to to go in the game. I know Rusty uh, Manziel, your your colleague, our, our longtime good friend of the pod, his and my just my favorite accent in the entire industry. Uh, hey, coach, how you, coach? I love Rusty so much. Shout shout out to Rome, Georgia. Bro. Shout, it is Rome as can be, man. That Rome wasn't built in a day, and neither was that accent. I can tell you that. The uh, but but his. He he didn't know how many plays that Jalen was going to be able to play in this game. He thought maybe maybe twenty five or so. We'll we'll see. The way Tennessee plays certainly might have something to do with that. But what we know, we know he will not be able to go. Or he will be able to go in this game. We know 
that, that Nolan Smith will not be able to go. Uh, just really, really good edge player. And I, I'm not quite sure about A.D. Mitchell. It's kind of been they've been a little bit quiet about whether or not he's he, he's going to go. What's the latest you've got um, with those two in terms of how important Nolan Smith's ab- absence is for Georgia and what's going on with A.D. Mitchell? And then the also the health just in general, what other guys are – that, that you know about. I know everybody keeps these these things guarded, but, but you know, what kind of shape are they in? And what are you talking about, Wes? Uh, you know, Kirby just hands us an injury report and says, yeah, I'll tell you who's playing and not play. Oh, wait, no, he, yeah, he yeah. doesn't. Hypo just – it's the only thing that I, he just flat out lies about. It's the only thing. Everything else he's honest. You ask him about that, he'll either kind of be like, nah, I don't know, or, oh, yeah, it's up in the air, like Cedric Tillman knew for like three weeks and there's no a million people behind the scenes like no he's not playing this week and i will be like i don't know we'll see i mean you'll see we'll see at practice and it's like dude he's not playing but regardless yes so ad mitchell i don't think is going to play i think they will have him out there for warm-ups i think it'll be a situation they're going to try to test it but he has just been working back from an ankle injury and i think it's a situation where i think it has been a little frustrating it was a high ankle sprain and you know, injuries like that, it just depends on the player and it depends on the injury. You know, they've uh, Georgia had another receiver, Arian Smith, who dealt with it in fall camp, and he was able to come back. I think his first game back was that Missouri game. Um, so I don't think A.D. Mitchell is going to play, but I do think they're going to see what they can do in pregame and, and just see if he's feeling good. Other than that, Nolan Smith, huge loss not only because he's a defensive uh, nightmare. I mean, he can make plays. I really thought – that Florida game, it was a shame. You know, you never want to see anybody get hurt, but I think he was having his best game of the year and gets hurt in the first quarter. Um, but he's a guy that makes plays and they count on at that in at that outside linebacker position. But also he's a leader. I mean, he's a guy that is vocal. You can see, see him out there getting everybody in the right space. You know, he was vital as they were breaking in a lot of those new starters and getting those guys settled. He knew how to get people in the right position and make sure his teammates were lined up to make plays. And as much as his production, losing that is going to hurt, you know, they're going to turn to guys like Robert Bill and Chaz Chambliss, true freshman Marvin Jones Jr., a five-star. They're going to look at some of those guys. It is going to be so much harder just to replace the leadership that is lost with Nolan Smith. And I think you're still going to see Nolan on the sidelines. Kirby talked about his surgery was scheduled for Thursday and Kirby was saying, I'm going to really try if they'll let him to be at our practice because that's how much he values the leadership Nolan has and just the impact he has on his teammates. He said, you know, he's a vocal leader. He was a vocal leader before the surgery, before this injury too. And uh, I want that to stay the same. Um, other than those guys, Kendall Milton's been banged up. He's been dealing with a groin injury. I think he'll be ready to go. He did not play against Florida. Uh, he had the injury against Auburn. Marius Mims is one of the offensive tackles. He does not start, um, but he comes off the bench and plays a good bit of snaps. Had an MCL sprain against Florida. I think he'll be ready to go, but I think it will be a situation with Marius uh, where they put him through warm-ups, just see how he reacts. And then uh, starting offensive guard, Xavier Truss, has been dealing with turf toe. It seems like he might not be able to play if he doesn't. Devin Willick is a guy that I think would start and really not have any issues. They've done a good job of working several of these bench offensive linemen, these reserves, into the lineup and play a good bit. And uh, that's going to benefit them if Xavier Trust isn't able to go because I do think Devin Willick will be up for the challenge. Yeah, the, the, those high ankle sprains are always tough to, to deal with. I know that you know uh, Cedric Tillman went the route – that Tua did uh, when he was at, at Alabama, and he had that tightrope ankle surgery. That's what Tillman did, and, and t- that was able to get him back in like five, six weeks. 
Um, and that, you know, it accelerates the healing process. And that's one of the, like the, the marvels of modern science, but, uh, high ankles are tough skill position guys, especially it's just, it's tough. You got to cut, you got to go. And in a game like this, it becomes a question of how, how effective, how, what percentage do you have to be to be effective in a game like this? And that's what it, that's what it comes down to, because sometimes a guy will tell you I can go and he'll gut it out and sometimes he can do it. Uh, but but that doesn't mean that he's good enough to play in a game like this, and so that that just interested me. It 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 got my my radar up a little bit when I started really thinking about how banged up Georgia was in some spots. Now, no one's going to feel sorry for them because look at the level they've recruited at for, throughout the past few years. I mean, it's them and Bama and Ohio State and a little bit Clemson, and, and that's kind of the Mount Rushmore. Nobody else, occasionally LSU, occasionally A&M with last year's class, but no one's really been at that level. And unless you just swing and miss consistently, you're going to have a good roster there. So, so they're okay, but I, I do think y- you got to wonder about that depth a little bit in this game because that Tennessee plays at a really high rate of speed, obviously. There's more possessions in Tennessee games, more plays, more yards, more points in a lot of cases. I wonder how much some of these things will will be a, a problem for Georgia in this game. Unless they force three and outs, they force three and outs, they're fine. But if not, some of these things could be an issue. Yeah, and, and I think specifically we talked about Jalen Carter we're gonna see just how how he's how close he is to 100 percent because uh, Wes, there's gonna be situations he may get caught essentially out there on the field. You know, we know how quick Tennessee goes. He's gonna have to be ready if they put him in the game. You know, against Florida, he pretty much just played third downs and fourth downs. Um, but if they think he's closer to 100 percent, you know, Kirby Smart made it sound like earlier this week that you know Jalen had responded well. You know, hadn't had any setbacks from having played that much. Um, and I still don't think, you know, I think it'll be somewhere around 20, 25 snaps again. But if they get him in and decide, okay, we feel comfortable him being out there uh, early in a drive, they've got to be ready for him to stay out there because, you know, as fast as Tennessee goes, it's not going to be easy to substitute. Yeah, if he gets caught out there, though, I think I've seen this play before with Tennessee. <laughs> that knee will act up a little bit all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know oh, it, oh, it might it might be November, but oh, these cramps. Yeah, oh, it, oh, it's hot with all those people out there. Yeah, it's what it's in the it's a high seventy five, seventy eight or so on Saturday this time of year. Man, you're not used to that. Oh, there's they're they're they got some hydration issues, man. Or that knee, ah, oh, something just didn't quite feel right. Right. I mean, you know it, and it's happened less this year than it did last year, but it absolutely still happens. Uh, and, and it's just kind of interesting because there's no, that's, you only get three timeouts. There's only so many ways you can slow them down. And, and that's what people do because the alternative is you can't get any subs on the field. And there's going to be plays where you're looking at the sideline to get a play call and uh, Jalen Hyde's running by you. It happens to everybody. And that's one of the many, many interesting things about this game. But there is one thing that I think is really interesting that I think could really help Georgia in this game. Uh, and I really want to talk about it, but we are slightly overdue for a break. So let's step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera, other fun things. And then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio as your uh, as we're recording this, as you're listening to it, I will be down in Athens, Georgia, which is where Jordan Hill is right now from from Dogs 24-7. We're talking Tennessee, Georgia, uh, as we called it all week, the game of the century of the week. It's a big, big, big game, um, and, and it's uh, maybe the biggest November game Tennessee's had since Arkansas in 98. It's, it's been a long time. Uh, frankly, since there's been really, I mean, it's only the 25th time in the history of college football that AP one and AP two team have played each other in the regular season. So there's lots to talk about with that game. We're going to get right back to it after uh, you, you listen to this quick, quick uh, request from our end, guys. Uh, we do this Go Vols 24 seven podcast. We, we, you know, we we do this thing for free, but I we ask in return that you go rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, if you're just listening on the website, GoVols247.com, we love you. Nothing wrong with that. As Ron Swanson would say, no wrong way to consume the GoVols247 podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this GoVols247 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Uh, very few complaints from our end. You never want to say no complaints because there's always some complaints in life because what's life without a few complaints? But very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there. Rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Uh, good old-fashioned stuff still works. If you see people at church, you see people on the golf course, you see people walking your dog, you see people walking around town, you see somebody eating at the table next to you and they're they're wearing orange, be like, hey, man, um, I, you're wearing orange. You like Tennessee. I like Tennessee. You should listen to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. That could be your new best friend. That could be your spouse in a few years. That could be a really, really wealthy person who owns a business and lets you in on the ground floor. And then when they die, they give it all to you if you outlive them. So many things in your life could happen. Think about the butterfly effect. So many things could happen in your life. Great karma if you pass along uh, the the words and wisdom of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. So if you're already doing all those things, Thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Jordan, there's a couple of really interesting things with this Tennessee Georgia game that I think are actually perhaps beneficial to Tennessee. Also, some, if we're being honest, that I think could be very beneficial for Georgia. And one of them is I'm not saying that Georgia and Bama run the same defense because they don't. The, the the Nick Saban defense and the Kirby Smart defense and the Jeremy Pruitt defense, they all have the same kind of skeletons, but they're different in a lot of ways, just like Josh Heupel offensively 
he, people just say that he runs the veer and shoot from Art Bryles. That's not the case. Half, Tennessee's offense is like 50% veer and shoot and then 50% a mutt, basically, of a bunch of other things. They're even doing like using Princeton Fan as a fullback. They're doing all kinds of weird stuff. So we can't just sit here and say that Georgia and Bama run the same defense. But I think Georgia, the way I see it, and there's people who know more about football than I do, X's and O's, I'm, but I, as someone who knows a little bit about the game, it looks to me like Georgia runs a slightly less complex version of what Alabama does defensively. I think that allows Georgia, at least this year, it allows Georgia to play faster and have some more cohesion, but they don't have as many adjustments and, and things as, as Saban tries to do. But um, bottom line is they do a lot of the same stuff. And Georgia has been able to look at like 90 plays of what does not work against Tennessee. And in that game, Alabama dropped a lot because they thought with 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 the edge guys they have, they, they could beat Tennessee up front and they could rush with just four. And they didn't count on Darnell Wright outplaying Will Anderson. They didn't count on the left side outplaying, you know, the other guys on the other side. They didn't, they didn't account for that. And so what happened was Bama got blistered a good bit. And I wonder now if by looking at that, Georgia has something to say, okay, we may not know exactly what to do, but we know what not to do. And I think that might help a little bit in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think it will. And I think, uh, you know, as much of a defensive mind and, and as much credit as Kirby Smart gets, I think that, you know, that's a very simple way to avoid getting yourself into a bad situation is just say, all right, what did not work? And, yeah, I'm fascinated by what exactly Georgia t- uh, tries to do, especially – Again, you know, we talked about Nolan Smith getting hurt earlier. Look, you don't want to lose Nolan Smith at any point, but to lose him right before this game and and have to just try to find someone, whether it's Robert Bill, who's a senior as well, he's not Nolan Smith. And, you know, I mean, they've got to find guys to step in. And uh, I'm fascinated to see how exactly they play this Tennessee offense. I think that um, the thing that Kirby Smart has harped on all week you know, he has been asked over and over again about Tennessee's passing game, and he's been like, guys, they run the ball really, really well, too. Don't think this is just a, a one-dimensional Tennessee yeah, team. 200 a game. I wrote about – say that again? 200 a game, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I wrote about that a little bit on Thursday. You know, I think it's going to be a situation where they count on their corners on the outside and, and kind of leave them out on an island and say, look, you know, you guys are going to be tested and you got to be up for the challenge. And I want to see, too, just how exactly they try to pressure Hendon Hooker. Do we see a lot of inside linebacker, uh, inside linebacker blitzes? Do they count on Jamon Dumas-Johnson, who I think is probably, you know, of the first seven games before Georgia had their bye week, I'd say he was the defensive MVP with just how he played. Do they count on letting those guys loose and letting them blitz him and smile Munden and say, look, we got to get after him and hooker. We don't have Nolan Smith who we could count on to pretty consistently get a pass rush. Um, I'm fascinated by just the matchup and, and how Kirby smart and those guys can attack. Because again, we've seen the blueprint that does not work. We've seen where, you know, Alabama could not get those stops. And um, I, I don't think they're going to just put that to the side and say, well, it didn't work for them, but it could work for us. Um, Kirby Smart's a really good coach. And I think that he's smart enough to understand that um, this Tennessee offense is very dangerous. And if they give them looks and give them situations they've been through before, it's probably not going to go well for Georgia. Yeah, because it's really – it's sort of devilishly simple is what it is because Tennessee spreads the field – to the maximum horizontally, 
Um, I mean, it's comical. If you've not seen it before, if you're a Georgia fan, you don't, and you might be like, what is that guy even in the play? That's where they line up. That's what they do. They go, they go as far as you can horizontally and they do those stacks and they run all kinds of options off of those stacks. And the Hyatt just every week people know, Hey, 11, watch 11. Hey, watch 11. And then every week he still two or three times a game gets 15 yards behind the defense. And, and because they just, everybody goes with McCoy or Tillman or whoever it is, and they just leave him going down the sideline. And, and so, but when you do that, basically you can't disguise zone or man really, because the Tennessee does a lot of motions too. So between the combination of the ridiculously wide splits and the motions, they know pretty much every play, whether you're in man or zone and they know exactly how many you have in the box. And Hendon Hooker makes a really quick decision in about 1.5 seconds. Here's the number in the box. Here's the play. Let's go. And if you thin it out too much, they're going to run for five or six yards of play, call it a day. They're happy to do that. And if you start to press in a little bit, that's when they go over the top on you. And I've said all year, and this is what I'm, I'm fascinated by, because we know Kirby gets a little kind of animated during the game, right? We, we know that, that, that he, like a lot of coaches, does this. I have never in my life to this point in, in my career, I've been doing this since what, 2000, I've never covered a team where I've seen the opposing sideline go ballistic as it does every single week because these guys, what they do, from the moment the game kicks off, they are Leroy Jenkins, basically. They're just running in. They don't care. And that's what they do offensively. And then defensively, they're, they they come after you. Like, they're not as good sometimes as other teams. I mean, Byron Young's a pro. They got some some dudes, but not a lot. But they got a lot of guys, and they rotate them in, and they blitz you, blitz you, blitz you. And and even on special teams, they're very good. They, they put pressure on you the entire game, and they make opposing coaches lose their minds. And they also do some gamesmanships, too. Like, I swear, last week, there was a time where Brew McCoy acted like he was kind of dinged up and walking to the sideline a little bit or acting like he wasn't feeling great or whatever. Then all of a sudden, Kentucky's trying to run guys on the field because they think, oh, here's an injury substitution. All he does is then McCoy just stands up, they're set, and they run the play. Kentucky's got like 45 guys on the field, and and Stoops just loses his mind. And 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 so they they're, they're, they gamesmanship too. Everything they do, they put pressure on you and they force you to make a decision. And I'm wondering – in the heat of the moment, how Kirby's going to handle that because he he is a guy who he, he's animated over there, and I'm wondering how kind of do they use that as fuel or do, does that like become an issue because they're they're gonna they're gonna throw some things out there. Yeah, I'm gonna say Scott Sinclair, who's the strength coach and doubles as the get back coach. Um, he's probably going to be making his money on Saturday, and yeah. I mean, the thing that strikes me from the outside looking at Tennessee is, you know, you talk about them attacking and kind of having that Leroy Jenkins mentality, but the way they hold on to the football. I mean, that, you know, even in the last two years, how good of a job Hinton Hooker has done, not forcing throws, not throwing interceptions. I mean, it's really dangerous, you know, and, um, you know, I've talked to a ton of people. I'm sure, Wes, you've done about as many radio hits this week as I have talking about this game. You know, I think it's entirely feasible that Tennessee wins this game because of how they attack and how they take advantage. You know, you talk about the gamesmanship and things like that. I'm thinking, you know, maybe Josh Heupel will break out that uh, play we used to see like on YouTube where the guy's tossing the ball on the sidelines. Oh, we got the wrong ball in the game and see if we can get that one in there. I mean, they did a tight end pass against UT Martin and it was a, (laughs) and it was an absolute 
dart that Princeton fan threw. Like, I was like, have you, why did you not ever play quarterback here in life? My God, like he was getting pressured and he stood up and threw it for, I mean, right in stride to Hyatt with a guy hitting him as he threw it. And I was like, but they, they don't care. Like they, they, and, and, and that's what's interesting to me is that this entire week, I've never seen Josh Heupel more relaxed than he's been this week. I've never seen it. And I don't know if it's like he's churning like crazy on the inside and he's just trying to project a sense of calm, but it's working. And we know that Georgia has more talent top to bottom. If you question that, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Like Tennessee scouts would tell you they'd rather have Tennessee's quarterback. Probably they'd rather have Tennessee's receivers and maybe in Tennessee's right tackle. And, and, you know, maybe Byron young is now the best edge rusher in this game for, for either team, but top to bottom roster wise, depth wise, even if we've all drastically underrated Tennessee, which, which we did hand up in the air, we all did. Uh, Georgia's got, got more talent, but there's also more pressure because statistically speaking, I saw this today uh, as we're recording this on Thursday, dropping it Friday, that uh, I think it was their Tennessee's or or, uh, ESPN's FPI or whatever it is said that that Tennessee's got like a 55% chance of still being in the playoff. If it loses this game, Georgia's is like 35 or 40%. And it it makes you think because regardless if, if the winner of this game beats Alabama or whoever in the title game, I think there's a chance both these teams get in the playoff anyway. But if that doesn't happen, I don't know if they're going to take three, and, and they might. Um, if it's Tennessee, they might. But if it's Georgia, I don't know that they could have the statistical, the schedule to, to make that happen because Tech's not good, and they just you know it hadn't been a good schedule for them. So I, the pressure's got to be on Georgia, right? I mean, it just they're going to have the crowd behind them, so bully for them because the, you know that that's big down there. But the pressure's on them, isn't it? I think it is. I mean, we talked to Kiaris Jackson, one of the receivers, on Wednesday. And he described this as an elimination game. And you think about this is November 5th. There's more games to come. But I I think that that is the attitude. And I think that they understand that they're, you know, I don't see anybody on this team from what we've talked about, um, you know, the interviews we've done with them. Everybody understands that this Tennessee team is very capable. You know, I don't think anyone sees any of the games they've won, even outside of the Alabama game, and just brush it off and say, well, Tennessee got lucky. This Tennessee team is good, and I think that um, I think it's tremendously helpful for Georgia that this game is in Athens. If this game was in Knoxville, I think it, you know I would very much pick Tennessee with no hesitation, just because of what kind of advantage that would be to have the game there. But this this is going to be a loud stadium. I think that Georgia sees this, even with some of the impressive wins they've had, as a proving ground and. You know, there's still I've still been getting radio hits this week talking about why Stetson Bennett is playing, and it's like dude, it's still a, it's still yeah I know, uh, but it's still a chance for a lot of these guys. As crazy as it sounds for this to be the defending national champions, for them to prove their standing, Stetson Bennett to have another good game after again kind of being slowed down because of injury, but guys on defense not having Nolan Smith, some of these uh, secondary members, it's like. Keely Ringo, who to me is the one player that I am the most interested in watching, was the hero of the national championship game. He has not played poorly, but he has had moments that have just not – he just doesn't look like the guy that everyone was convinced could be a top-10 pick in April. Um, He's just misplayed some balls, had some mistimed uh, leaps and attempts at interceptions that just haven't come through. Um, He's going to get tested, you know, as part of this entire Georgia secondary and I want to see if he rises to the occasion. It's so strange 
to be talking this deep into the season of an un, another undefeated season to this point for Georgia. But to say that I still think a lot of these guys have something to prove and they've got a grand opportunity to do that on Saturday against what I think is a really, really good Tennessee team. Yeah, and that's the story of this game in a lot of ways is that Georgia still – there's something that – you know, Tennessee has a lot of mojo right now. Tennessee has a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence. They put the pressure on the opponents. Um, but also, you know, Tennessee's defense is not great in space. Let's just call that what it is. They're 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 it's really hard to run right at Tennessee. They are really really good, really really good at stopping the run right at them. Even Jameer Gibbs needed twenty five carries to get hundred yards. Or you know they they they're they're good at that. Very good against the run. But in space, they, they yeah, there's concerns there. And and Georgia, if 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 Bennett can get the ball out, if he can extend plays with his legs, uh, Tennessee has no one who can cover Georgia's tight ends. I'm just going to tell you that right now. No one, no one does. But Tennessee definitely does not have a single linebacker or safety who can cover Bowers or can cover Agent Zero. They they can't cover those guys. Uh, and if Bennett can extend plays and get the ball to those guys and some big opportunities, that that's going to be hard for 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 Tennessee. And, and the other thing Tennessee does not have that Georgia does have, just to be frank, is is championship DNA. Uh, that's something that uh, Tennessee has less pressure going into this game uh, for 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 a lot of reasons. But but Tennessee does not have that. DNA that Georgia has and a lot of those guys uh, are, are new on that team a lot of them didn't start last year but they're starting now or they're playing more now but but they've they have been around college football at the very very highest level and they have the the the, the trophy case to back it up Tennessee does not and I wonder at what point in, in this season Georgia either completely flips a switch or, or it doesn't because that team has another gear I, I know that it does I don't know when it's going to come out, if it's going to come out, but I know it exists. And I guess that's the one thing that maybe has less to do with Tennessee than it does just with Georgia, to be clear, is, you know, when does this team sort of say, okay, people have been talking about us, they're questioning us, they're saying our schedule is not good, what have we really done, we almost lost to Mizzou, you know, yada, yada, and they just say, you know what, F the world, here we go, let's go. And, and they've not done that yet, but they're capable of that, I think. Yeah, and I, I mean, you mentioned the Missouri game and Georgia just barely getting out of there with a win. You know, that was, I really think, a big growing moment. And, you know, would Kirby Smart have rather they won that game 50 to nothing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. But talking to him post game, you know, I wouldn't say he was excited, but I mean, he was in a pretty upbeat mood. And, you know, he talked about that they learned a lot from this game and he learned about guys not flinching. And he saw, you know, guys again. You know, as much talent as they lost, having 15 guys drafted, I mean, there were new faces still, you know, getting acclimated to starting on a regular basis and being asked to do more than they're used to. And he said, you know, there was no panic on the sideline. He said there wasn't a situation other than we did see Jermon Dumas Johnson really getting fired up on the sideline, but you need that. You know what I mean? You need those guys. Again, a, a guy like Jermon Dumas Johnson, What you think about the talent, Georgia had an inside linebacker. He did not play very much last year because, you know, oh, I don't know, they had Nicobe Dean, they had yeah. Quay Walker, they had Channon Tindall. Some decent uh, players, but, decent players, if you're into that kind of thing. They're okay. You know, they're fine. I mean, you know, I probably could have done just as much. Yeah, but, you uh, know, whatever. Plug and play. System player. Yeah. But, you know, that was a situation where I think they saw there's no panic in some of these guys. And to your point about this game, I do think this is another opportunity for it to be a growing moment. Whether it goes right for Georgia or doesn't, I think that the coaching staff understands that these guys are going to be put 
in adverse situations. And that, look, even if Georgia wins this game, Tennessee's going to make some plays. I feel very comfortable in saying that. We're going to see how these guys, particularly on defense, react to that. And if it's something where it, you, you can noticeably tell it affects their play or if they shake it off and, and try to get ready to go back. And, um, you know, if it's this if this is a situation where there's a shootout, um, these guys are going to have to stand up to the challenge and, and try to at least get the last stop when it comes down to you uh, late in the game. Got a couple more things before we step out of here. And, and one of them, Jordan is I, I I've said this for a for for a while now that I've I've kind of started to get my brain reprogrammed to understand that this team is just not what we thought it was going to be. It's a much better team. Some of these players are much better than we thought, and, and so we're everyone at least up here on this side of the uh, you know the thirty fourth parallel or whatever is having to to decide you know the Chattanooga parallel is having to like recalibrate like hey wait hey wait 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 these guys are good this is really good everything is different now everything is different now and it's a hard process but but getting there I, I think I've discovered there are three ways and three ways only to beat Tennessee and if you can do any one of these three things you can beat Tennessee but you have to do one of these three things one of these three things has to happen one you got to beat the crap out of them up front uh, because they, sometimes the only way to really stop that offense is to beat it mercilessly up front and to blow up plays before they start. Uh, because if they get going downhill, it's it, the toothpaste is out of the tube. It's not going back in. That that's that's number one. And I I think Georgia has a chance to to be as good as Tennessee up front certainly. But Tennessee's line of scrimmage is much better than people give it credit for. That's number one. Number two, Hope and Hooker has a bad day which uh, he has not so far this season. He had one last year. It was against Georgia, uh, he, where he, the numbers were still good, but he just did not look like himself in that game. And Georgia affected him, or something about the moment affected him. He missed some throws he normally makes. He wasn't very good. That, 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 he wasn't great anyways. That's number two. Number three, score 50 points. If you can do one of those three things, so, so you got to beat him up front pretty badly, you got to hope, or hope and Hooker has a bad day, and if neither of those two things happens, three, your ass better score 50 points or you're not going to win the game. And and that to me seems like what is the formula there. But I think all three of those things are possible for Saturday, right? I think Tennessee's really, really good up front, but so is Georgia. So we never know. Uh, number two, never know, right? Someone's do a bad game at some point. Everyone is. No one's perfect. So only my mom is perfect. No one else is. And sorry, my wife, uh, she's also sort of perfect. And then number three, um, score 50 points, which I think Georgia could do, certainly against this defense maybe. So I think I'm picking Georgia to to win this game. I think we're recording this now. It'll be out. Uh, we're recording it Thursday night, so I haven't put it up there yet. I am i don't know the exact score yet. I've been going back and forth. I've got Georgia winning this game. Uh, and I'll tell you what really, really moved me, Jordan, was that on bet MGM, 90 to 94% of the bets have been coming in with Tennessee and the points. And the line didn't move. So Vegas is like, uh, you know, that that famous uh, gif with uh, Jon Snow kind of pulling up uh, his sword against like a horde of like hundreds of hundreds of soldiers coming at him in horses. That's sort of what Vegas is doing. So they're saying, OK, um, yeah, th- we we're going to take all of your money. And so I was already leaning towards that. But that 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 got that that really kind of like, OK, there's no chance I'm picking Tennessee now. It wouldn't surprise me if they won, but I'm not I'm not picking it. But um what do you think about this game? What are your overall thoughts? And is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think we should have mentioned? Because I had to mention 
because it's a given, but it needs to be mentioned anyway. Tennessee can't cover Georgia's tight ends. No one can. But other than that, I mean, Georgia's offense, the running backs are solid, maybe not spectacular, but solid, good players. Tennessee's pretty good there. Bennett, we've talked about that. Is there anything that we haven't talked about? Maybe the how loud it'll be there, the loudest it's been in a while. Anything that we've not discussed? I think we've hit most of them. I mean, I, I think that everyone has compared the atmosphere they're expecting Saturday to Notre Dame in 2019, mm-hmm. and, and that was a big win and a very uh, pivotal home win, not only because Georgia won the game, but huge in recruiting. I mean, I think Darnell Washington was there. I seem to recall him earlier this fall being like, yeah, being there and being in that atmosphere was a big part of why he wound up coming to Georgia in the first place. But I'm picking Georgia 38-34, um, and that would be kind of a change because Kirby Smart is 1-9 and nine at Georgia when Georgia's opponent uh, scores 30 or more points. The only other win would be the Rose Bowl that sent Georgia to the national championship. But um, I'm expecting a high-flying game. I think the the thing that puts me over the top one, and Wes, you hit on this. I talked about this last week. Everybody's like, "Why? Why is Florida? Like, I mean, why is Florida like a 22-point underdog with Georgia? That can't be right." And uh, talking to people, I just kept saying, "Vegas is in this to make money. Like they know what they're doing." And, and I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. sort of the situation with this game. You know, I'm just not convinced Tennessee's pass defense is going to be able to slow down particularly Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. And, you know, I see Brock Bowers as being the guy that, you know, has a big game. He had 154 receiving yards last week, but Darnell Washington has had an excellent 2022, and I wouldn't be surprised if he stands out as well. Um, I'm expecting a really good game. I could see this coming down to the very end. And to your point too, Wes, I mean, I I think this is a very dangerous Tennessee team. And if they came into Sanford and won, I, I would not be floored by any means, but I think that Georgia's offense has a chance to show that, you know, it's just as good. It may not have sort of the flash, and it certainly does not have the explosive plays that uh, Tennessee has. Um, But it still has playmakers, and I think that they have enough. To me, the biggest thing is just how Georgia starts the first quarter because Tennessee has been so good at that under Josh Heupel. And Georgia has done a good job. The only time it's had struggles this year is turnovers. And, you know, you obviously lose a possession when you give the ball to the other team. So, to me, I'm going to take a lot out of how this game starts. Not necessarily if Tennessee comes out and scores a bunch of points and you say, oh, the game's over. It's does Georgia at least kind of keep up, sustain drives, and not have self-inflicted issues. If they get in their own way and they have fumbles and, you know, you know, have issues on handoff, stuff like that, I think it's exactly what Tennessee needs to be able to to go on the road and get a win. What's interesting, and it's my final thought, is the, the reason why I'm picking Georgia to win, and I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll write this in a very erudite way uh, on GoVoss 24-7, but to me, everyone keeps talking about the atmosphere and the noise and all that. I, with Tennessee and the way as fast as they go, that I, I don't really – think much about that i mean they 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 go so fast they try to that i i don't think it, it it the crowd has a hard time sort of adjusting to it sometimes in terms of getting getting affecting them but i think what will affect tennessee is georgia's ability to sustain drives uh tennessee they they basically sucker you into playing their kind of game every week because they go they have so many explosive plays so many so many vertical shots so many big splash plays and on on defense they're either hitting you in the backfield and causing you problems or forcing a turnover or sometimes giving up big plays. And But when you do that, regardless, you're still kind of getting sucked into playing the pinball kind of game they want. I think, you know, Georgia has the ability to sit there a lot of the day in third and two, third and three, 
and convert those and just kind of take the life out of the game in some ways, which is weird because you don't want to suck the life out of a game at home. That's not what you want to do, but it's the, it's sort of the way to beat Tennessee unless you want to try to win 50 to 48. So I think Georgia's ability to do that, I think this game could be something like 38, 34, despite Georgia doing that because uh, Tennessee has had games where it's had the ball for comically like 14 minutes and scored like 50 points. I mean, they, they just, it's a, it's a, it's a punk rock album. That's what their scoring drives are. It's like a misfits album, you know, 122, 138, you know, 204. That's just what they do. Uh, sometimes like 13 seconds, but you know, it, it's that, that's what I think. I, I think the, the, the ability of, of Bennett to be calm in the storm and to be able to hit those three and four and five yard passes to move the chains, to be able to kind of break free from pressure and just kind of wiggle his way out of it and get four or five, seven yards and slide down. I, I think that to me is, is the difference in the game is that, I think I trust Georgia's sort of pedigree and DNA in those moments. And I might be wrong. You know, this game could be – once the ball's kicked off, Lord knows none of us know what's going to happen. But that's sort of what I see happening. But either way, it's a really, really, really fun game. It's why we cover these games. It's why we're in this business. And, um, you know, it's kind of felt like when I first started covering Tennessee what a lot of games felt like. Uh, it didn't feel like that for a while. It does in basketball pretty much every year, but – uh, and now in baseball too, but but in football it's it's been a minute. So I'm trying to like get the cobwebs loose. All right, let's let's you know because normally this time of year it's like okay, are they going to fire a coach or not? Like uh, what, what what what's the deal here? Are they playing freshmen? Basketball starts next week. Yay! Like you know it, it's kind of but now it's like hmm recalibrate. So it's uh, it's fun, man. I'm really looking forward to it. And thank you, oh, yeah. thank you for being here, man. Really, really appreciate it. Oh yeah, that. I've enjoyed it. And I wanted to say too, my father's family's all from Tennessee, so I have a ton of Alls fans, and they are enjoying this time. And uh, you know, seeing that, and just you know, seeing Tennessee relevant again, because you know, I grew up when I really started watching college football. You know, uh, every Saturday was those early two thousands, and seeing Tennessee being relevant and obviously playing for the SEC title. So um, either way, I, I think it's going to be a very fun game. And again, just given those ties and, and knowing what uh, that fan base has had to go through these last, I don't know, 10, 15 years at this point. It's been a while. Um, it, it's definitely been interesting to see them kind of get uh, at least a, a little something to enjoy so far this year. Yeah, and conversely, I have a, I think everybody who's listening to this podcast knows this, that I, I've got a, a, a good chunk of family in South Georgia in uh, in uh, Wayne County in Jessup, which is, you know, that's Stetson Bennett country. That's where his family's kind of from down there that way. And then a bunch of family on St. Simon's Island too. And so a lot of them are are red and black. And, and so I, I know all lived in Chattanooga for years. I know this rivalry very, very well from every side imaginable. Uh, there was a point in my career when I was almost going to go cover Georgia, but then the Tennessee beat opened up and the Chattanooga paper sent me up north instead. So th- you never know which way. The, I, I know I know this this series, and it's really, really fun. It's one of my favorite days of the year. So really looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing everybody down in Athens and really, really appreciate uh, spending time with you on this podcast, Jordan. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed it. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 
on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day, tons of stuff on there, all good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap, go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it, get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of that now. Uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days, there's been a problem. We should be back here uh, in, in a couple days or so. You'll hear from us very, very shortly. Until then, guys, be good to each other. Be decent to each other. Please, there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Where's Wes at? He already put my comments out there, so (laughs) he, he had direct quotes. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.